Welcome to the Beautiful Earth Radio Show, a one-hour celebration of our great Mother Earth with your host, Barbara White. Barbara is a holistic therapist, gifted psychic, and best-selling author. Each month, she is joined by dynamic leaders on the cutting edge of eco-psychology, feminism, sacred sexuality, ecology, raw food, microbiotics, spirituality, sustainability, and more. Her life mission is to awaken in you your innate worth, your life's purpose, and your soul's gifts. So, for a greater appreciation of your beautiful life and our beautiful earth, we give you your host, Barbara White. Hello, thank you for listening to Beautiful Earth. We welcome you into the space where we celebrate the body, the earth, our food, our emotions, our sacred sexuality, and all that is beautifully uh, what makes the called the feminine aspect or the mothering aspect. And so um, every month, hosting guests that are in that uh, flow of energy. Uh, this month, of course, is no exception. Have an incredible guest going to bring on. And um, last month, uh, hosted. Mary Ellen and Erin, and learned a lot. I, that, I learned so much about equine therapy and really how it works. I thought I knew how it worked, but it, the, the way they described how the horses heal people and how they reflect um, was just spectacular, just spectacular. You know, uh, you may have heard love yourself or heal yourself, and we hear that sometimes so much that we need to hear it in a different way so that we can really soften and deepen into our hearts and into our body. And uh, Mary Ellen and Erin really offered, uh, through the equine therapy, they showed that the horses offer, they, I remember she used a word like a, a pureness of a reflection. A lot of what I'm doing in sessions and retreats is showing um, people their brilliance, but also showing them the little smudges on the mirror that need some awareness or love. And um, when Aaron and Mary Ellen described how the horses reflected that back, and there was one story, if you if you hadn't listened to that show or shared it, one story about how the horses transformed a man that was kind of bull, bullying, uh, bullying and aggressive with his whole corporation and how he hadn't been receptive to different um, coaches and mentors, but the horses were able to show him that, because it's, Gosh, it's so important in this life to see those parts of ourselves, but without adding more shame and more story. And um, I love the story that Mary Ellen and Aaron shared last month of how the horses showed this man that part of himself without, of course, you know, a horse can't add story to it. <laughs> so he was able to see that part of himself and love it and thus um, become uh, a more open-hearted person. Uh, boss that was operating on power worth with and rather than power over so welcome to beautiful earth and um, thank you for taking this time to connect to yourself to connect to your body to connect to the earth so let's all just arrive together with some breaths taking some deep breaths into your feet into your legs into your stomach and into your chest just noticing what you notice Practicing non-judgmental, compassionate witnessing, even right now in this moment. 
that you've taken the time to listen to this show and connect to yourself, connect to that beauty, that genius, that love that wants to express through in and as you. But sometimes self-connection can also be really painful, right? So as you get still and you get quiet, sometimes the pain that also needs some love can come up into your awareness. So whatever you're present to, make the decision right now to love that. In fact, that's a statement that I really love to use is whatever rises up, just say out loud, I can love that. I can love that. I was at a conference a couple weeks ago. I got to uh, the joy and honor to hear Kyle Cease, who's a um, kind of a combination between Jim Carrey and uh, Wayne Dyer. (laughs) It was so incredible. And he likes to use um, a variation of that. I can love that as well. (laughs) And so whatever's rising up for you right now, I can love that. It's so important as you do that. Your inner work really matters because as you connect to your body and you connect to your heart, you begin to tap into that part of you that wants to co-create, that wants to come forward in the world and create beauty, create love in only the way that you can. See, I believe that every single one of us have a unique gift, a unique talent, a, a unique song to sing in the choir of creation. And as you connect to your body and you connect to your 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 heart, you move out of just being a consumer to being a co-creator. And that is so important. And it's also why, you know, if you ever ask yourself, well, why don't people care about the two Texas-sized land masses of garbage in the ocean? <laughs> or why don't people care that in the last, only in the last 150, close to 200 years, 50,000 species have gone extinct? Or why don't we care that there's these tragic farming practices? And and I believe we don't care because, one, we don't have capacity. We're so overwhelmed. We're we're in so much pain that a lot of time these messages about the earth and the environment are actually delivered and, and put people in more shame and more pain. And so being able to connect to our bodies and hearts, we have the resiliency to hear these kind of things and not, not be completely swallowed alive by them. I think we really should be concerned and, and maybe even sad at times. That's healthy. That's normal with what's going on in the world. It's okay to be sad sometimes. As Americans, we have the happy face plastered on our faces so tightly that we think it's abnormal to be sad. In fact, I think the my, my opinion is the popularity of people um, going public about being depressed, I think, is they're calling, sometimes maybe calling it depression, but they're just having healthy days of being sad. But it's okay to have sad. Sadness has the, our emotions are a gift, and our sadness helps open us to greater empathy. Fear helps open us to greater confidence and faith. Anger can help open us to clearer boundaries and having a clearer voice. So emotions have that alchemy in our soul to teach us about ourselves and to guide us to what is a healthier choice. And the other reason when people hear those kind of facts besides it's just overwhelming, I think we're actually just so disassociated from our bodies neurologically, not not just psychologically, but neurologically we're disconnected from our bodies. And um, working with hundreds of people in retreats and workshops, it's, it's very common for people not to have an awareness of their feet, 
an awareness of the lower half of their body. And sure, you can be you like, oh, yeah, I know I have feet. That may sound a little strange, but I mean like an awareness of sensation, like be able to tap into the sensations. I was at a festival last weekend, um, the Earth Festival, and it was really great to keep on passing this message to people of the importance of connection to our bodies, to our hearts, so that we can have the capacity to hear what's going on in the world, so we can be co-creators, not consumers, and so that we can really have the resiliency to go forward and be fierce love warrior midwives on the planet. Not a mushy, squishy love that gives flowers and chocolate, although those those are great things as well, but a love that is really a paradigm changer. The guest that I'm going to bring on in a little bit is definitely a paradigm changer. She is definitely bringing forth that fierce love warrior midwife into the planet. I am so grateful that Beautiful Earth really allows me to interview these amazing people that are taking that co-creative edge and that risk to bring forth their unique gifts into the planet. And um, again, we all have that capacity. And sometimes we reveal our gifts through motherhood and sometimes we reveal our, the face of the divine through accounting. We influence people. I mean, you are, everyone's a healer. When you remember who you are and connect to yourself, everyone's a healer. And as you remember that you're already whole, you're already complete, that there's nothing you need to get. It's about letting. And there's nothing you need to heal. It's about revealing. We all can be healers to to the world. And everyone's gift is is um, so unique in, in that aspect that you can be reminding people of who they are and uplifting and loving. And and you're, um, you're a lawyer or you're a uh, um, housewife. Or, um, now, my guest coming on, her gift certainly is in many facets. She is a writer and she is a community leader. She is a advocate for um, race awareness. She is a shaman. Um, and she has yeah, just some really incredible stuff. And I'll read her whole bio in a bit, but just really multifaceted. It's a, I love the all the gifts she's bringing forward. It reminds me of, you know, the um, back in the Renaissance time when – People would have like 10 different professions. <laughs> you know, like I was, I was uh, looking at, listening to this show about uh, Ben Franklin, and it listed his 10 different professions. And um, uh, my guest is, is definitely uh, that, has that uh, capacity of, of just all these things that she's expressing. And, and um, I, I hope I'm saying her na- name right, Ween Namu, and, and Namau, and she'll, hopefully she'll correct me when it, when it comes on. I um, I'm always, I'm always mispronouncing things. I've kind of accepted that part of myself. I, I think I get it from my dad. So in a few minutes, we'll we will bring her on, and let's just prepare the space a little bit more before we bring that guest on, and just check in again to your body and into this moment, and just see what you're present to. You know, it is the paradox when we really sink into what is and we acknowledge it. We create movement, right? And so what we accept transforms, what we resist persists. Famous quote by Carl Jung. But when we always, when, whenever, you're, whenever someone's triggered or feeling pain, not only is it very common to feel like this is never going to leave, but it's also very common to do all these things to distract ourselves. And then 
a big reminder that always seems to be life-changing for people. It's like, oh, you mean it only takes five minutes of getting still and I can feel better? Sometimes it can only just, it can be just one breath to pause and to sink into that stillness, to really allow myself to see beyond conditions and circumstances and this complaining, ever-commentaring mind that we all have. You know, we all have that complaining mind and just one breath to come back. And as we do that, as we allow ourselves to be still, then we have more choice. More choice in the words that come out of our mouth, and we can really operate from that creative part of ourselves, that genius part of ourselves. If you hadn't listened to last month's radio show or the month prior, uh, there was a really great show with Rita Patel on creativity. I really enjoyed and um, really showed how creativity is really accessible through more than just art or dancing. It's also accessible through cooking and through um, the way we think. And um, that was also a really incredible show that I enjoyed. All right, everyone, just one more breath, allowing yourself to arrive a little bit more, just noticing what you're present to. Beautiful. Thank you for giving yourself that gift of becoming more present, and thank you for joining us today. So about my guest I'm going to bring on, she's an award-winning author of 12 books, a filmmaker, vice president of Detroit Working Writers, um, a 118-year-old professional writing association, ambassador for the Authors Guild of America, the oldest and largest writers association in the United States. She, her book, The Great American Family, A Story of Political Disenchantment, won a 2017 Eric Hoffer Book Award, and three of her memoir book series received acclaimed reviews by Publishers Weekly. Francis Coppola, the director of The Godfather Saga, Saga and staff of Zeotrope-selected Namo script, uh, Pomegranate, as a 2017 quarter-finalist out of 1,600 scripts. Current, she, currently, she's working on a featured film. See, I told you, she, she, this woman is really multifaceted. <laughs> it's really amazing. Namo received uh, her bachelor's degree in communications from Wayne State University, studied fiction and a memoir through various correspondence courses, poetry in Prague, screenwriting in the Motion Picture Institute of Michigan, She's given readings, lectures, and workshops. And in 2012, she has received an outstanding contribution to the Arts Award for, oh, I'm going to mispronounce this one, E-R-O-O-T-H-A, RUTHA, a local arts organization. She's a Reiki master, health facilitator, the keen guardian or ordained minister, graduate of the best-selling author Lynn Andrews four-year course. And then I love this piece uh, in her bio here. It says, um, most important thing she's learned is that when we help write our story of our life, that we write our lives, the most important thing she's learned is that we write a story of our lives through our thoughts, words, and actions. And I love how her writing, and she's going to talk about some of her retreats and workshops that really teach people that, that through, through our thoughts, words, and actions and how we create our life. So, all right, let me bring on my guest. Hello, hello. Hi, Barbara. 
<laughs> Thank you for being a guest on Beautiful Earth. I'm so grateful that you're here to share your story and your gifts. Thank you for having me. Um, when you're reading my bio, I didn't recognize myself. I'm sitting here in my pajamas with my cup of coffee, and I'm like, oh, did I? <laughs> well, well, that's good, well, right? You. You're, yeah, <laughs> that's good because you're not identified with your accomplishments. It's like uh, you're, you're, you're. Uh, we're, we're all just hearts and lungs that are breathing, and the fact that you, that's a sign that you. That's a good thing to me because then you don't. That's a sign you don't identify with that. Like you're, you're, you're. You're in this present moment in your animal body with me. <laughs> yeah, and and I'm free from these labels actually too. So even though mm-hmm. I am doing this work, um, I am not attached as a because I I have other labels too as a mother, as a wife, um, as just a human mm-hmm. being. Um, so and I have to give as much respect to my other roles uh, in my life. Mm. Mm. So what got you started on this journey? Well, the shamanic journey. <laughs> I assume this is what we're <laughs> going to be talking about. Uh, what? Well, yeah, well, the shamanic journey, or and or what? Uh, really, what woke? What inspired you to start giving your gifts in such a um, fertile way? Well, then that is the shamanic journey that um, I stumbled upon. You know, we were talking yesterday, and I said nothing is really by accident, but it came to me in a way that wasn't so directly. Um, And I was uh, at a time in my life, it was 2011, and I was uh, at a time in my life where I was struggling to write this book. Um, I was already an established author, but there was a, a story that came to me, and that was stalking me, as my teacher Lynn would say, you know, a story starts stalking you, and that's when you know that you're you're the one that's supposed to tell the story. And that's the one that won an Eric Hopper Award. Um, I found I wasn't able to get my thoughts and my feelings on paper. And then I thought, well, it's because of my kids. My kids were very young at the time. They're still young, but not as young as they were then when you had SpongeBob and Dora, the explorer in the background, as you're trying to focus on your creative (laughs) outlet. (laughs) It was exactly like that. You know, just imagine... um, so so I was think, I was trying to understand how do I get back to who I was um that I can write this book have I lost my creativity um is it you know how how can I do that without uh sacrificing um the wellness of my home life and my family and that is when um I was at a bookstore and I came across a book called Writing Spirit the funny thing is that this book, based on its cover, had looked like it should have nothing to do with writing. You know, there was no typewriter, there was no pen, paper, none of the things. It was actually water and palms and flowers. And I thought, what is this? I mean, and, and it was by Lynn Andrews, and I had never heard of her, although later I found out that I, her name had come across, but it wasn't an author that I knew at the time. So the book is called Writing Spirit, Finding Your Creative Soul. Well, I picked it up. I'm going through it and just kind of finding different passages that totally made no sense. I didn't know what shamanism was. I didn't know what, um, what, what I'd be. I have it right here. It says, climb your tree of dreams. <laughs> Your power, your writing power animal. So I'm like, okay, what is this? At the same time, because I was 
so developed as an author. Um, I wasn't looking for a how-to book. I was looking for something on a on a deeper with a deeper meaning. And at the end of the, and I didn't want to buy this book, by the way, because I was as a mom and somebody who I just felt like I didn't have any time. I didn't have a t- time to read a book. I'm thinking I don't want to buy this and then feel like I have to do another thing on my to-do list. But I, mm. but the book, I kept putting it down and it kept calling me. I kept putting it down and it kept calling me and I bought it. And at the end it said, if you need help with your creative da-da-da, which I totally needed help, you know, to call the author. I'm like, okay, you know, I can do this. So I called her, and you know what? <laughs> the conversation, as I later uh, reveal in my memoir series, um, Healing Wisdom through, um, oh, through a wounded, Healing Wisdom for a Wounded World, My Life-Changing mm-hmm. Journey Through a Shamanic School. And I, I ended up writing a four-part memoir series that started from that very first day that I called Lynn. And mm. it, it, from the first chapter, it starts with our conversation. And she wasn't really in the beginning paying attention, or it seemed to me, to my writing needs. I'm calling her about my writing career. She's talking to me about something else, like things that affected me as a <laughs> child. And I'm thinking, what the heck did I just I just wasted my money on this <laughs> one-hour phone call, and I'm only going to bear through it because I just put my money into this one-hour phone call. And um. And the next thing I know, she took me to the exact point that I needed to look at in my la- in, in my childhood that I had actually um, really dismissed as not being so relevant in my life, but it was that it was so relevant that it was the foundation of what I worked on for those four years. There was a lot of other factors, but this became. Lynn and I, this was our first conversation. This came up. And then at my graduation, um, when I was with her one-on-one, face-to-face, it was, and it came up again in a deeper way. And it came full Mm -hmm. circle. And then I experienced so much freedom. And then I, after that, I went from being a writer who couldn't get my story out to now I have 12 books. And I'm working on my um, 13th. It's coming out this summer. So um, that's how the journey started. <laughs> and, I, and I love that, you know, what I love there's so many people that have um, different reasons of why they can't step forward into giving, whether it is a book on their heart or they, they want to do this thing. And it, it's um, having young kids, that's definitely an excuse that you could have used of, well, no, I can't write or I can't do this thing that, that feeds my soul. And, and the fact that you did it uh, amongst the SpongeBob and what an incredible <laughs> example you gave to your kids that you said, oh, look, Ma, it's like it's like we teach in our example and our vibration, not and that you showed your kids that you could you could feed your soul and live your dream and you did it when they were young. Like that's that is so. Um, you know what? That's um, that's a wonderful way that you stated that, and that's really the heart of it. Sometimes when you're in it, sometimes you even forget the the root of all of it. Because when I called to find out about the school, because Lynn said, you know, I think you might want to look into this. When I called, I remember the person um, that answered. I said to her, "Look, I'm so busy right now." And I don't know, you know, I'm already a writer, and because and, Lynn has a, another school, it's like a writing school, and I said, I don't know, I mean, am I supposed to go into the writing school or the mystery school or what am I? 
And she said, well, it sounds like you're already an established writer. She said, um, you know, maybe the mystery. And I said, well, what, is it going to help me with my writing? And, you know, her answer is the thing that made me sign up to the school. She said, it will help you with, with your whole life. It will change mm-hmm. your whole life. And when she said mm-hmm. that, she pressed on the right area in my heart because family is so important to me. And, again, like I said earlier, my thing is I wanted to pursue and continue my career without creating chaos for my home. And sometimes people will sacrifice all of that to do it. And, you know, the main thing that I noticed, that main difference, the biggest lesson in all of this, is that you can have it all and you can actually, you know, have a balanced um lifestyle and you can pursue your career the biggest difference is the time factor and you were saying earlier about we americans how we are regarding putting on you know certain happy feelings when really we don't feel happy and that should be okay because that's what we call the dark side if something is going inside of us and it's calling to our spirit that there's something bothering us the last thing we should do is put a lid on it because that's what ends up with people feeling depressed, feel all these emotional. What, why are we having so many emotional issues? Because mm-hmm. we can't just cover it up with these positive band-aids. Um, that's part of the, the process to healing, okay? And that's part of the process mm-hmm. to changing. But there might be something a lot deeper, like in, in my case when I went to her school and found out there was something associated with where I was born in Baghdad, that I really didn't realize would play such a role as much as it did. And she was able to hold a mirror for me that was able to identify that. But the other thing we have in our culture is the need to just do things like snap. And, you know, just uh, if you uh, envision something and you put your mind to it and then you even go as far as putting the date, I understand that in some cases that does come to develop, but we are Mm -hmm. – we are – connected we can have a relationship with god and with 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 his grace or her grace arrive to a certain area in our life but to go to the extent of determining every detail to the point of time that is something that's bigger than us and there's something that plays out in the universe that we have to trust is leading us in the right way if i show you some of the journals which one day i will use these as my um for teaching purposes from 20 years ago so I've been journaling since the early 1990s. And if I show you some of them that, I have, that I've gone through from uh, research cause of, for the other books that I'm right, working on right now, I was amazed at things that I said then that only started evolving somewhere maybe five years ago, some of them four years ago, some of them earlier, some of them haven't even. But I thought, oh, wow. And I, in my writing had the assumption is going to happen a lot sooner, like I put the date in my book. And then I realized that so much of my frustration came from the fact that it wasn't happening when I was telling it to happen. Um, And so it's that control factor that sometimes we have to understand what is it that is in our, what we have control over and what we have to just give over uh, to the universe. Mhm, mhm, yeah, I love that you can see that you demonstrate in in your journals that um that things that you were saying and how there was an assumption it was gonna happen at a certain time and i I love that you're speaking to that. It's a concept I love to teach around um how we become law of attraction addicts and how spirituality can be 
uh, can create the the almost illusion that we create 100% of our reality. And then you go the other extreme of the pendulum, and there's um, traditional religion that says we have no control and we have no no just have faith mm. and don't look at your thoughts, don't look at your feelings, just 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 be a just follow in faith. And so that middle ground is equanimity to know that yeah, we our thoughts and feelings affect our reality. But to your point, don't over don't take that to an extreme and think that you're then um, pushing the river and that um, there's this um, energy that or there's this the something else that is really um, directing the shift and the timing of things. Because I know in my life, like I am, uh, timing is not my. And this would be a judgment on myself, but I can be impatient. And when I'm not impatient and I'm patient, it's a, it's amazing how things actually come faster. <laughs> mm-hmm. faster. And, you know, when you said a judgment on your part, well, it actually is so much part of our culture that, um, so when I was in the school and I, and all of this, like I said, the, the, we were required to keep a journal in Lynn school. So that was one of my favorite parts because I had, gotten so disconnected from my writing, even though I was working on my book, but I felt like my intellectual intellectual side was really interfering with other factors, and anyway, things were not going well. <laughs> okay, here I am. I have this story. I had been working on it for a couple of years. It wasn't going anywhere, and I was just, you know, would wake up in the morning thinking like, okay, God, why did you even bring this story into my life? I've invested so much time, but it's not going anywhere. Well, from the very beginning, because this was my purpose of even getting into the school, so I was like, okay, I need to finish this manuscript. And what I show, and uh, I started journaling, and I saw how I was unfolding as a person and how I was, uh, because my first, we, um, so the school is four years, okay? Lynn's course, the mystery school, is four years. And each year, it's like you're going around the wheel, addressing a different aspect of yourself, really spending time there. And each year, we had a different mentor. And so and each mentor was chosen, cool, depending, you know, them studying what you're going through and what would, um, who, who suits you the best during that time. And my first year mentor, she really held up, and this is when you need it the most, the first year, because you're still all over the place. You're kind of just spending that year cleaning up your act. And I said, you know, my book, I'm going to, I'm trying to put hours on it. She said, it'll get done when it gets done. And she says, and then she said, um, you know, the hurrieder we go, the behinder we get. And every mm-hmm. time I would try to, and then I had to slow myself so much because I could be a speedy Gonzalez. I mean, when you were saying all the things that I've done, the, part of that is just my nature, that I have so much energy and I can just creatively just sweep things around. But I could also hurt myself like that because if I don't complete the task, if I don't complete the book, if I don't complete what I'm envisioning, and then I end up just adding on and piling on the projects. So again, in our culture, we're told, you know, um, you know, to if something new comes up or if you have this urge to follow, you just go ahead. Well, okay, but <laughs> what I liked about the experience I went through is that, well, uh, you got to use the practical side too. So it's wonderful that you follow your dreams because this is, you know, uh, this is what I've done. So I'm not going to discourage anybody at all from doing that. But you can really go crazy if you're following your dream and you don't have a pr- practical map. Um, mm-hmm. So it could mm-hmm. be, you could hurt yourself. And I was on that boat where I'm like so desperate to just finish it and just thinking that 
through the speed factor, and I was actually doing more damage in the process and and mm-hmm. falling behind further and not able to connect with my creative, my literary voice. Mm-hmm. Um, and so as I was keeping my keeping a journal, I said, I think from the f- maybe first page or two, this is going to be my next book, and this is going to be a memoir series, and this is going to be, I mean, this is how clear it swept through me. And throughout the process, I was telling my mentors, you know, I'm, I'm writing about this. What you guys are telling me is amazing, and it's so intri- I'm so intrigued by it, but you are going to be whoever is going to read it, because you were saying earlier about the journey and how it's serving, how am I serving others, or what's my role in the world with all of this, aside from the fact that the, the experience helped heal me and uh, helped me um, manifest some of the dreams that I had in my, in my heart. Um, but then I was always about something, a person about service. Like how can I combine my writing with service and not just it being where it's a process of self-expression. And so when my mentors would work with me one-on-one and when Lynn worked with me, I felt that they were teaching me something that could apply to anybody that was reading it. Particularly, I have to say, though, women, women who do have different experiences because of the fact that we do raise kids, we do give birth to kids, you know, we have, we're mostly the caregivers. I mean, right now I'm my mother's caregiver. And uh, so these dynamics make a difference so that sometimes you really need somebody to understand you. And and the work was so much from the um, feminine divine. Um, And Mm -hmm. also, uh, we discussed this yesterday, is that here I am working with energy and with spirituality. It's like, how do you work with that over the phone, over the Internet? Because this is like a, a school without walls, as it was called, the mystery school. And how do you work with that um, mm-hmm. if, you, if the teacher is not in front of you? Well, actually, the fact that she's not in front of you or he's not in front of you could be also liberating because you're on your own incorporating these teachings within your own home, within your own community, between your husband and you and your children. So you're not acting like you're a separate, uh, you know, you go, when we go on vacations, we become somebody else. And then we're like, oh, how do we bring this home? And, um, and to me, sharing it through my writing, uh, through the Healing uh, Wisdom for, for Wounded World series, allowed me to feel like this is part of a service that people would be able to learn what I learned and how they can use it. And right now I do a lot of workshops from, to um, continue these teachings that have been going on, you know, passed on from generation to generation to Lynn. And she, she also expresses them through her writing. And the difference is she had to go somewhere. Again, in her case, she had to go somewhere to learn them, whereas she now with the way the the world is and the earth is you know there's there's a different uh, they're not these teachings are not about having it in a certain way but they really accommodate the um the time that we live in um well, and then, it's important yeah it's important to say though yeah. i i i see and believe that um each person that brings forth their gift um has um almost contracted people that are that that they're meant to work with and another way simpler way of saying that is people that resonate with your message or resonate with you and that they could um, read the healing wisdom for a wounded world and that your healing journey your story of awakening is um, has a unique vibration that it's 
when people resonate or read the books that it's a unique vibration, a unique story, and one person's story of awakening is everybody's story of awakening, and and that that's the gift of it. The fact that you did such a um, so uh, fine tuned and articulate in, in describing your uh, your healing process, it normalizes the the term in psychology is to normalize things. So you normalize the things that people think. You know, unfortunately, and we are all magnificent and amazing, but I also believe we're not, in some ways, we're not special, meaning there's the awakening process is the awakening process, and and suffering is the suffering, and that um, people will be able to see through reading your books that, oh, this, these doubts I'm having, these fears I'm having, this, this this struggle I'm having, oh, this is normal, This is this is part of the process of balancing my emotions and my chakras and 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 really uh, marriaging my human and divinity or self to self and so it's it's your um you know kind of stepping into your own gift uh, kind of including but separate from lynn that, that you offer such a i think a blessing to the world through that and can you tell us a little bit more about um book three because you had mentioned um you just mentioned that there was a there was an understanding you had around mothering energy that saved your marriage and I was really interested in hearing about that. Oh. <laughs> yes. Uh yeah, so my husband should, you know, I'm sure it's more uh he's very grateful for this experience although he doesn't express it as often but what happened is from uh from the first year we learned and and I all of this I was just I don't even know I mean um the, the way I the vulnerability I show through the books because really it's so important, but it's it's done in a very good taste that I really wanted to get the message out of what I was learning. And so there were these um, tensions between my husband and I. Uh, so he is very, he's a business person and he's, you, you know, he has a very straight way of doing things and I'm a creative person and I could be all over the place all the time and I can be very emotional. And, um, and, Based on what society tells us, so it seems like, well, you need to, you know, have uh, when you're meeting somebody that that person should have your likes and that person should. There's all these shoulds, right? Mm-hmm. But when my husband and I, Matt, when, when when I knew, I mean, there was a clear, he recognized me first. But there was a clear mm-hmm. message for me that this is, you know, we are meant to get married. But as we were going through our ups and downs, as any marriage does, um, you know, I struggled with, well, there's, he doesn't have an interest in this area and this is where I put all my heart in and yeah, and I don't have this interest in where he's at. And then it all started Mm. coming together when I started learning about the mother energy and that incredibly freed me about me. Like it helped me see who I am and it made me more forgiving and understanding about the people around me. And so mm-hmm. the two mother energies are the rainbow mother energy. And the rainbow mother energy is usually the poet, the writer, the artist, <laughs> me. <laughs> um, and they just have a different way. And, you know, we can be more emotional. And sometimes, and by the way, um, each mother energy has their opposite face. Okay. And so, but, so there's the rainbow mother energy. And then there's the nurturing mother energy. And now the nurturing mother is different in that that energy, and 
is about nurturing others. Uh, most people with nurturing energies are on time. Um, they like to have control. They don't like to feel like things are out of control, whether it's time or even and and their way the way they nurture the people they love is through trying to control what's going on around them. To them, mm-hmm. that's the way of showing love. To a creative mm-hmm. person who is a rainbow energy, my way is, oh, you know, I'm going to write a poem for you. Oh, I have you in my book. I put you and me on the front cover. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. my way. My husband's <laughs> way is like, okay, you know what? I'm, uh, you know, what time is the meals? Um, I need the, the the basics. Do the kids have everything they need? All the details. So, what I thought was my husband trying to control me and not giving me my freedom to be, you know, creative and a writer, turned out that this is part of his nurturing energy. That mm. Both energies apply to men and women. This is not just for women. So and this is just a general, um, and both men and women mm-hmm. have them. And then I realized a lot of the issues between me and my mom was because she's a nurturing energy mother who was always trying to uh, control, you know, where I go, where I come, where are you going, what do you do, you know, and I thought, oh, she's being too overprotective, she's this and this. And so I was giving her these negative, as if that's uh, a negative thing, when actually looking back mm-hmm. now, at the age that I'm at, I see, well, she did a very good job, actually, of protecting me. And that was a good thing. Mm-hmm. But at that mm-hmm. time, I felt she was holding me back. Now, she didn't understand me as much either, seeing that I'm always going into these, to her, strange, you know, I'm, I'm studying with uh, uh, spiritual masters, a Native American, and, and men from India. What, what am I doing here? Um, so she couldn't understand that, but Despite us not understanding each other, she continued to protect me, and I continued to do, to be my creative self. The different the difference comes when you understand these mother energies. Is this, which by the way, I will be talking in, in great detail um, about the two different energies of the Theosophical Society on May fourth, um, mm-hmm. and the, okay. the conversation. It's from seven to nine on May fourth, and it's, it's specifically about these energies, I go in greater depth about them. Um, And once you understand what mother energy you are, you start understanding why you behave the way you do and why the other people Mm -hmm. behave the way they do. And there's an opposite face for each mother energy. The dark side of rainbow mother is crazy woman. And the dark side (laughs) of nurturing mother is death mother. And what that means is that uh, if as a rainbow mother, if I continue in just, you know, being very creative and not grounding myself and having any discipline and not completing my books and my tasks and and not having that balance, I can become crazy, which that's why a lot of people with artists are associated with, especially, um, you know, before where the, the abuse of drugs and them needing to use alcohol to get into to connect Mm -hmm. to that inner self. It's due Mm -hmm. to the fact that they're so um, creative and they don't really balance it out with the practical side, with work, Mm -hmm. with just Mm -hmm. a regular Mm -hmm. routine. They have a very hard time with routine, whereas nurturing energy, uh, 
energies, they they love routine. But mm. with the nurturing energy, the opposite face is that their tendency for control sometimes is so strong that when things out of, are out of control, as we were talking earlier, we can't control everything, they have a hard time letting go. They have a hard time mm. like when their children get older and move out of the house or when things change or uh, if their spouse is a certain way and they want to they continue the more that the spouse wants their freedom they become more controlling now if they understand that this is part of their nature then they can back off a little bit and say wait a minute you know what that's oh i see that's part of my nature i just need to know that i can't just uh you know be as controlling as I want to be. This is harmful, and this really. And my wife is is right, or my husband is right. I do have these controlling tendencies, and with me as somebody who's creative, same thing. I could say, you know what? Wait a minute. I I am very creative, but then I do tend to, you know, forget to eat and think that everybody's okay with me missing. You know, like mm-hmm. why are you guys? In, I can live on coffee for like half a day. And then the meal part is, like, not, not such an important factor. But then I realize, well, wait a minute, it is an important factor for the other people that are living in the house. And so I have to respect that and see how just these little changes or just even letting my husband be so-called controlling in certain ways, mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, you know, is because it, it diffuses the struggle. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's what saved my marriage, I think. Not that mm-hmm. I was. It was, I, I mean, save it where it went from being like a, uh, there's a tension and a struggle to being more harmonious. So, because it's not like if you're in a marriage and it's still, you're in it, but you're, there's still all that conflict, um, you know, then that's really, you still need to save your marriage. Um, and that, don't get me wrong at all, because that does not at all mean that we don't still have our issues. But knowing what I know and given all the ancient uh, practices that I have learned that I use through spirituality and through my writing and just through my working on myself um, I'm able to recognize like that the, I'm just able to recognize it for what it is you know mm-hmm. not necessarily mm-hmm. like having to feel like we have to break up over that more so like oh okay I see what this is it's almost like with yeah. children you yeah. know that they have these phases but we're not as we are not as good to each other as adults as we are toward children, which we make it seem like, you know, children should be given this, and we got to be so understanding, and we got to be so. Forth. And we give mm. everything to children. Mm. We don't do that to each other as adults, and mm-hmm. even the elderly. That's another area. That's a whole new animal <laughs> that we can mm-hmm. just go. But we also don't have that same mentality. So. There's a little bit of an imbalance there where we kind of tend to give all our heart and energies to the youth and and neglect what we as adults need for each other. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, and it sounds like um, I love your framing of the the two mothering energies, and it's so beneficial to hear things in different ways. It reminds me of... um, I, for in my experience, I experience that as people who live in more of the upper chakras, and then people that live more in the lower chakras, or also. So the upper chakras, of course, a more creative person. Lower chakras would be someone who's more practical, more. Um, mm. And then it also reminds me of a, another way of saying the um, the love languages of different different forms of love languages. But again, that doesn't fully capture it. it, it it's the way you're describing it is its own entity, but it's. Um, I, I love the acceptance that that brings and the um, 
the understanding that that, that can bring to ourselves and to others because I can definitely relate to the the rainbow mother as you're describing that uh, that can uh, drink coffee or forget oh yeah eating is important to that <laughs> yeah like when my son is like mom you know yeah. I told you know did you make the breakfast yet I'm like oh yeah yeah and then let me just answer this one email and then I get so caught up and because I'm not feeling that hunger which you know but that's why the it's so wonderful to have the nurturing mm-hmm. in, in the process I found out the wonderful things that my husband is all about that actually has allowed me to be creative it's just, that's it's it's the way he it, because if it wasn't for him you know we wouldn't have food on the table at all even I mean he's the breadwinner I started seeing things in a different perspective and then he very much loves what I'm all about and that he loves mm-hmm. that I'm this creative and this but it's that you just respecting that you are that each other what we're offering each mm-hmm. other mm-hmm. and that's what's clearly creating the balance um, yeah, so the, yeah. There is a myth behind that we has we should have so many similarities. Not similarities. Not that we shouldn't, because there's a lot of wonderful marriages and uh, relationships based on people who really love what they do. But there's a the misconception happens when oh, so if there is the differences, people start putting labels on it and and really sometimes encouraging you to separate, which really can be avoided if you just understand yourself and your spouse or your partner or your parents a little bit better. Even your child, this would really, because now after the mother energies, I understood them. I see it in my kids and I have to be very aware of it as I am trying yeah, you know, if, if my daughter is trying to control me, you know, she's like, uh, her, her, she's a preteen, and I'm like, okay, I know where this is coming from, you know. Um, so it even helps in the parenting process too. So the um, so you have coming up in uh, a uh, spiritual writing and conference retreat on October fifth and seventh, and uh, you're. Your retreat will allow people to enhance their personal and business life and uh, an incredible healing experience is right here at, in Michigan at Clarkston. Um, and then before we talk even a little bit more of that, we have, we have about five or six minutes left. I thought a gift maybe you could give to people that are listening is so many people tell me this, and it sounds like one thing they could do is come to your October 5th um, retreat, writing retreat. Um, but so many people tell me, I, you know, I have this book and I want to write, but I just don't know how to get started. And um, you with writing 12 books, what would be your advice to somebody who says that to you? Okay. Well, here's what I found because I do have a lot of people, uh, I do attract a lot of writers. And again, this is because that's, that's my calling. So I understand mm-hmm. that. And so that's why I created a, a, a spiritual and writing retreat because I realized, well, these are the areas and they're intertwining in my life and in my book. So how can I, the spiritual and writing retreat, it's not just so for the spiritual aspect or to heal through writing or through writing, which is all incorporated in that, but also to find your voice as a writer. Because mm. I attract a lot of writers, what I find is so they come to me and they always have that, well, I have this, but I'm, and here's what the, the core that I found is the problem most of the time. Everybody, every single person has such an incredibly unique story to tell. 
it would be so easy, and it's becoming incredibly popular nowadays, where people, if they can just tap into their own stories. And mm. that's kind of what I'm trying to help writers do. They try to create this imaginative world that there's nothing wrong with that. If, if, it was, if uh, this imaginative story is coming out and they're putting it together and they're happy with that, that's fine. But amazingly enough, the people that are having a hard time writing their stories have incredible stories that they don't want to tell, but they want to tell that imaginary story that they yeah. can't connect to. And mm-hmm. I try to show them how amazing their story is and how they have access. The... the um, practices and the lessons that I do and the exercises help you tap into areas in your life. So I'm really mm-hmm. doing what others have done for me, okay? Mm-hmm. So by, by helping them tap into some areas, I at the end of usually a workshop or whatever I'm teaching or even if I'm working one-on-one, I say, well, now you, you just have a, a story that you can expand on and there you go. You have a story mm-hmm. right there. So I would mm-hmm. say to them to really look and value you know, we are the heroes and the heroines of our own stories. To mm. value you and your story and your ancestors. Most people, like, um, I was at the Michigan Writing uh, Conference I think a few weeks ago. And what I've noticed, because I've done this a couple of years, and I've noticed something that has happened is there's more people writing memoir. And memoir is becoming more popular for that reason, that people want to con- like connecting to other human yeah. beings. And they don't want to be talked at. They don't want, whether it's a spiritual book, an intellectual book, a scholar, whatever it is, um, they want it through a story because then they can feel that it's real and you're not just, you know, this God that's evolving just kind of telling them how to, to live. They want to see, well, how? Just like you asked right now, what would I give them, right? So, like, they can, by reading the book, see the struggle that I went through and how my teachers, everything they advised me, every every part that they walked through with me can be easily applied by the reader. That's one thing. Mm-hmm. And second mm-hmm. thing is to value their story. If they were to tap into it, they would probably just have, like me, the memoir series. They would have many books to share. That's mm-hmm. the start. Because once they start there, then it will flourish, and then it will, you know, take a, 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 its, its own direction. Mm-hmm. I love that because uh, uh, we are the hero and heroines of our own story and that you get them to see that they already, it's like uh, like many things, the answer is already right there. The answers are within us. The, the answer is simple and you, you get them to uh, see, oh, you've already got the story right there and let's see the value in that and let's see the, and um, this thing that you're trying to do that feels really far-reaching to write, uh, yeah, it's far-reaching because it's far-reaching. Like, go for the thing that's right there within you. And so what an incredible um, gift yes. that you offer to people yes. to guide them back to their own their own story, their to, own... Um, to fall yeah. in love with themselves and what, you know, the... We've, we don't know, you know, how many light we are living on. We chose to be on this earth somehow for a purpose. This is an opportunity for us to express ourselves in a certain way. And so whatever we, however we've expressed it so, so far is a treasure. Even the experiences that are not so good, once you start writing about them, you come 
full circle. So not only are you healing yourself and becoming more enlightened, but then you're touching everyone around you. And then, in re- and then that means not only are you helping yourself, but you're then directly or indirectly helping the world. So see how mm-hmm. much there is depth there is in the process. Um, and for people just to value that, and this is where I see they get stuck, is just that there's so many, and, and you know why they get stuck, is because just like I couldn't look at one experience I had in Baghdad, that I, it's not that I had never looked at it, I just never gave it value that what, what happened, how it affected me in my writing career, how it affected how, many, how it silenced me and put so many fears. Once I tapped into that, and I thought, oh, my God, this is where it all started. This is why I'm afraid to write this book. Well, the next thing is I was, you know, you start rebelling and you say, no, you know, this is intriguing. And from, I want to learn more. And then you dive into further of who you are. And then you end up having all these characters and the setting and then uh, the protagonist and antagonist. And there you have a book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really mm-hmm. that I love that. simple. I love that and it, you know what? Yeah. If you feel that it lacks literary merit, well, there's such a solution for that. Once you get the story out, you can just hire an editor to critique it and work with you. It's not that, mm-hmm. you know. So don't worry about that part. Just really look with it. I love that you're, uh, through writing, you're, rather than, um, you know, the mind separates uh, and differentiates, the heart unites, and that you're, um, through writing, having to really embrace all parts of yourself but all parts of your story, and that, through writing, you help people to say, no, all parts of your life are significant and they're all, that life is working for you, not against you. And let's see how this thing that's happening in your life is not only significant, but it's actually working for you to grow you and evolve you. And um, and it sounds like you take people through that process. So that retreat is October 5th through the 7th. It's at uh, Columbia, is that how you say it? Columbia Conference yes. Center? Columbia, yes, and it's called yeah. um, the retreat is called the Path of Consciousness, and uh, I mentioned to you yesterday that and, uh, right after I graduated from Lynn School, it was like our, we met in November of 2015, and that was our graduation. And in January of 2016, my family and I went to Cancun, and when I was in the Riviera Maya, uh, there was uh, an opportunity to do a ceremony with a shaman, you know, just like it's part of a tour. And I was like, what? You know, I, I was there 20 years prior to that. There was no such a thing. But the shamans uh, are taking a different role in the world right now where they realize that before, th- the way the shaman was is that if you needed them, you go you go to them. They don't go and announce themselves. They don't come to the, to the forefront. But then the world is changing. Times are changing. And we need them. And they realize that the earth needs them. So they've stepped forward and they'll just even do certain tours. Well, anyway, I participated in this. And then if you go to the pathofconsciousness.com, the website, you will see a picture that I took. And it's a little pathway that I took to do this um, uh, sweat lodge, a, 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 an ancient sweat lodge that we did that I found was so beautiful and just so compelling and really helped me look within and then I came home feeling like okay how can I bring that home how what can I do to bring this and and what would be my gift that I could use to combine my um skills to to provide this kind of an experience for so you others. were able to and, we are, and that's we how I came up with it we are running out of time we have about 60 yes. seconds but this is um, yeah this so, is how I came up with the idea but thank yeah, you yes so you brought yes yeah, so thank you for um you brought home that's very significant that you brought home what you experienced in Cancun brought it home 
and are going to be teaching it on the 5th. And um, that's going to be included in the writing workshop and retreat. And, yes. So thank you so much for sharing your books and, and the Healing Wisdom for a Wounded World and your memoirs where people can um, order those on Amazon. And then um, you can also go to thepathofconsciousness.com. So thank you so much for being on Beautiful Earth today. I so appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me. It was a very enjoyable conversation with you. I, I really enjoyed what you said as well. Uh, many blessings. Take care. Yes. Same to you. Take care. Bye-bye. If you gained something from today, which I know you did, <laughs> please share the Body, Mind, Spirit Radio um, information with other people. Please share about the Path of Consciousness. If you know anyone who is interested in writing, um, please share that information. Go to pathofconsciousness.com. Um, I am your host, Barbara White. You can go to barbarawhite.com. I have up- upcoming workshops um, here in the Plymouth area. All right, everyone, thank you so much for being part of this incredible journey today and allowing yourself to sink deeper into who and what you truly are. Many blessings to everyone and many blessings to my guest and her incredible, incredible work. All right, take care. Bye-bye.